Welcome back to the movement, everybody. It doesn't get better than this, man. This this right <laughs> here is life, bro. A couple stogies. Look at this is beautiful. One you don't even care. You don't even smoke this shit, eh? I got Nick, the great Nick here, CEO, entrepreneur. What was it called again? PilotCEO.ai. Pilot right, That's right. I got my co-host, Richie Rich. He was actually the first pot I ever did, eh? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. This guy yeah. was a good Napoleon friend. We met in the mall looking. years ago, 2008. Yep. We're selling phones. Okay. Oh, and geez. I used to outsell his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. It's your podcast. We'll let you. Uh... Is that what we're going to do now? <laughs> we'll let you have Salty, it. Salty, eh, Richie? Salty. We'll let you have it. <laughs> no, no. The podcast is all about my boy, Nick, but I got to show these off. I'm actually very happy. Thanks, brother. Thank you. My I appreciate pleasure. it. My this pleasure. guy's a classy man. <laughs> I should have put my phone on silent right off the rip. Right off the bat. Talk to me, Nick going on boys good to have you man thank you a very professional setup saw I the sign outside it. i appreciate it i was it. like this must be the place this is it man welcome yeah. aboard you know we're trying to get to the pilot ceo level and that's what we're trying to do Talk <laughs> absolutely to me, so what are we yeah, gonna, we're going to be talking about uh we're going to be talking about marketing content creation right how you can better your business strategies correct absolutely okay and at the same time, you know, Richie Rich here has been dipping and dabbling. The guy almost became a pro in building Shopify stores and stuff like that. So okay, we're introducing right. we're introducing an in initiative that we're trying to do here. So at some point, we're going to start coaching people on how to very cool build Shopify stores. The guy's a wizard, man. I'm just a I'm just a mouthpiece. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. I just talk. I'm just a mouthpiece. But talk to me, Nick. What do you do, my friend? What do we start yes, off? Sir. Main component. Yes. So for the last couple of years, I've been doing mainly freelancing, uh, but I've been working with a couple of freelancers under me uh, to just basically take on some projects, mainly local projects, just working with some people here in Ottawa. And uh, yeah, I've been working for myself ever since. It's been super fun. Just trying to grow the business. And Hence the entrepreneur life. What's that? Hence the entrepreneur life. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, from there, I've just been trying to do my own thing, kind of grow my business and Meet other entrepreneurs in the process. I'm just here to learn, bro. Honestly, I'm just That's a student it, of the game. I don't want to come in like I, uh, you know, like I know anything. I'm just here to learn, honestly. Just here to learn from other hey, people. Man, and we're all the same as you, brother. We're all yeah. students of life, you know? <clears throat> Absolutely. Exactly. Very honest. Yeah. So it's pilot, pilot CEO? Pilot CEO.ai. How'd you come up with the name? Honestly, just came to me, bro. I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm like uh, Yusuf over here. I'm like a wordsmith, you know? I love it. Uh, you know, I'm uh, more of a mouthpiece side. I like to be the the guy on top, kind of delegating tasks, kind of being the um, coordinator, you could say, more so than the the executor. I like to work on the business, you know. So I've been trying to build that for myself. And uh, obviously, first of all, were you always like that? Because I find a lot of people have a hard time transitioning from working in to on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Were you always like that, or is this something you had to develop? I would say it's definitely a process, it's like anything. I would say that I've always felt like a bit of an outcast. Maybe that's just in my own mind. I don't know. But yeah, I've always wanted to transition to working on the business, working on projects mm -hmm. and kind of being the CEO in that sense, right? Hence the name, pilotceo.ai, right? The CEO so, of your brand. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, so is that where your passion lies? Yeah, well, it lies in, I, li I like building things, brother. Like I really just like the process of, working with people on projects, being a part of uh, th that process. And yeah, I mean, being the the leader in that sort of environment is very is very rewarding as well. Of course. Um, but definitely a process. I mean, you got to work in the business, I find, first. 
And then once you reach a certain level, then you can start to work on the business and start developing systems, that sort of thing. Um, but and let's be honest. Levels to the game, huge. right? <laughs> Setting up systems in your company is a big thing. Absolutely. Processes, thinking, thinking big while you're small so that when you become big, it's just already set up. Look at you, you know man. Just, I'm, I'm a, listen. It's you, man. I, you know, I'm fucking I'm a, sold, What man. is it, a philanthropist? Lay it on me, bro. Lay it on me. Yo, <laughs> you got a contract. I'll sign it right now, man. Philanthropist? That's that? a fucking sales guy, eh? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so working on, so you're putting up strategies and stuff like that together. Yes, sir. So, yep. so right now, as an example, let's pitch your service to me. Let's say as an example, if you're talking to me, I'm trying to be a potential client. Yes, sir. What does your services look like? Bro? So let's say that you have an online coaching business, right? And let's say you're you have a decent following. You already are pretty established as a online coach, but you're looking to monetize your service. A lot of people they struggle with the monetization aspect of it. They don't want to come across as sales guys, right, okay. on their page. Yeah, and they feel sometimes that pushing other affiliate products down people's throats can come across wrong, especially if they've been in the game for a long time and they've really built this organic following the people that genuinely just admired them looked up to them for their skill set for what they've been able to achieve okay so what we would do is come into your online coaching business and essentially work on all of the back-end solutions that go into monetizing your personal brand and anything that any kind of business really that requires a content strategy but i prefer to work with individuals rather than big organizations i rather work with people just one-on-one -on -one. Why we, is that? Because I feel like it cuts out all of the bureaucracy. When there's multiple decision makers, it's hard to please everyone, right? I feel like it's better to be able to level with individuals on a one-on-one -on -one level and really put together a strategy that they would be happy with, you know? And I feel like that's best done. Well, you being the CEO of your brand and you're talking to the CEO of their brand mm. allows him to relate, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if mm. he's dealing with a with a life coach that's got ten thousand followers, for example, yeah, right. And and he's he's a, a medium business, small medium business. It's easier for him to relate with them rather than going up to a company like Apple. We're just gonna oh, throw that sense. out there, right? Let's be very yeah. honest, especially when you gotta go through corporate and you gotta keep going through up the channels. It's exactly. just like listen, man. Exactly. Why is it taking a week to go back and forth? And it's your time too. Let's be honest. You're paying for your staff. You have a timeline for your projects. 100%. And all that other stuff. And let's be very honest. Sometimes I realize with the bigger clients, as I deal with a lot of bigger organizations on the construction aspect, mm -hmm. a lot of the times they drag their feet, but you're paying your guys on site. Mm -hmm. So listen, you're killing my labor cost here. Pick up the phone. Let's make this goddamn decision. So it makes sense that you want to go that route. Yeah. So is it only small, medium-sized businesses? Is that what you're looking at? Yeah. So at the moment, I'm just looking to really just work with a handful of coaches. Nothing, no huge corporation, not really my style. I would rather have a small team of individuals that work with me on these projects where we can collaborate very specifically with specific creators that are looking to level up in the game. And a lot of that takes place on the back end, like a lot of them are very content oriented. They're very oriented towards their brand and the, uh, you know, the content that they're putting out to their audience, right? Which is of course very important, but many struggle with the monetization aspect of it as well. Explain right? that part of me. How come, why would they be so shook? So uh, let's sit uh, there and be like, you know what? I want to, I want to be able to push. If you went out there mm -hmm. and you built your name and built yourself, was that the whole name of the game in the first place mm. for being an influencer was to be able to do that? So if I'm struggling, what's like the biggest complaints of somebody struggling? That's what I'm really curious about. Mm. 
So like, let's say the, like if online... I was one of them, I come up to you. I want to know that answer. So for example, let's say that there's an online coach who has a few clients. He's kind of working as a freelancer for himself, right? And he's looking to scale his his business, but he doesn't know how to monetize it. There are multiple ways that you can monetize, let's say, an online fitness coaching business, right? It could be through one-on-ones. It could be through having a community. It could be through, let's say, having group calls as well, right? So they would come to us to see what would be the best way for them to achieve their goal. So let's say their goal is just to make more money per unit of input that they're putting into their system, whether it's the content uh, and also the products that they're promoting and the services. So if they're looking to just be able to make more money, then there's multiple ways you can go about that. But if the goal is to, um, let's say, not only monetize that audience, uh, but also maintain the authenticity of the brand, right? So it's not so much that they struggle with wanting to promote what they do because they're passionate about what they do, but it comes down more to their ability to sell that to their audience in a way that doesn't come across uh, like they're just trying to pitch their products. Makes sense. Right? You're, you're in a similar position with, with the podcast here, right? Like if you start, yeah, um, if you start, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're advertising, you know, uh, uh, buy Nike shoes and, and you, you know, I drive a Chevy, you should be driving a Chevy. I just bought this watch. You should buy this watch. People are going to stop watching it because they follow you because they like you. But when you're genuinely going to say, listen, like I just picked up, you know, these Nike shoes. Oh my God, they're amazing. People are going to follow that. They're going to be like, okay, if he's saying they're good, I'm going to go get them. So he helps people. Was well, this a subliminal message it. you bring in a Ford and Chevy? No, not at all. Are you a Ford guy? Yeah, no, man. I, I, I work at Kia. God bless. Kia are the best cars on the world. We're right gonna now. go there, up until right? now. Up we're until now, for the next thirty days. You if I'm unemployed in thirty days, why are you lying, bro? Just say you're a Ford not guy. Guys, you work for Ford. Why are you calling the <laughs> me? It doesn't. It, it you know. I. What listen, would you rather? Can, a a one fifty limiter or a fifteen hundred Denali? What, whatever people buy. Oh, this conversation is not <laughs> going to link in the description. You know what? Whatever please hire buy. him. <laughs> and he'll be able to help you monetize your Ford Nation well, strategy. Well, it's important now. what he's saying, and he's very right, because uh, getting in, you were talking about Shopify and all that stuff. A lot of Shopify gurus are monetizing their community. Mm. And you can see the difference between the guy that's just telling you to use a software because he's getting paid versus the guy that's actually using it. And it's really funny because you'll watch a YouTube video and he'll be like, I use this software to find my products. And then five, six videos later, he'll be like, I use this software to find my And you're like, dude, like five videos ago. You just made me you know yeah. that one too. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so that's where yeah. he kicks in. I, I think that's really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's a big part of it too, right? Like you want to maintain that authenticity in the community. Because like, why build it otherwise? You know, like if you're, obviously we're all here to make money, of course, right? But you have to do it in a way where I think long term, if you can build a really, really good product that people want to talk about, that they're proud to represent and be a part of, especially when it comes down to being tied to your personal brand, because ultimately it's tied to your reputation, right? Um, you really want to make sure that product's exceptional. And by doing that, that's an iterative process, right? You have to continually seek to improve the product. Um, and the marketing is just one element of that. So tell right. us how it all started for you. Yeah. So I was working at Chipotle. Okay. And uh, What's Chipotle? Is, Sorry. I'm, 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 I can't say I'm new to Ottawa anymore. 
I don't know. Stop. You never heard? Bro. S- stop. No way. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I'm a homebody. <laughs> I eat Mary Brown. I don't know, man. He lived in a fu- he was a groundhog. He was in a hole. I need a visa to come I to Hunt Club. I live in Stittsville. Found him, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Should I go there? No, please. Mm. No, I, I don't know about well, like, you guys. I get the runs. By, you know by I mean? the name, bro, I was gonna say it sounds like I pee out of my asshole. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if I go there. <laughs> yeah, basically so, it's like a fast food place. Okay, right? cool. So a fast food chain popular across the US and Canada. Okay. Anyways, I was literally working at the one in the Rideau Center. Okay. Iconic, right? Right. Working there. I was like, bro, there's got to be more than this, you know? Like. How old are you at this time? 20. How old I, are you I'm now, new to the game, bro. I'm, I'm 20, 22. I love it. 22. That's that vigor that far. I love it. Piss and vinegar. You love it. Oh, yeah. It is. It's good. Yeah. Man. Like, I don't want to come in here and think like, I'm here to learn, bro. I'm, I'm new to the game. I just want to, uh, you know, come and share my experience. But. Yeah, like I started, so I was working, you know, minimum wage job. And, uh, you know, I was flipping stuff on the side. It was kind of funny, actually. So I have an interesting story. Tell me. So <laughs> at the time, I was living with, uh, with three roommates, my boys, back in university. And, uh, you know, we're living together, kind of dorm room style uh, set up. Oh, what a fucking disaster. And this is a darn absolute mess. fucking disaster. Exactly right. So, you know, I'm making a bit of money and working at Chipotle, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I mean, how much money can you make at Chipotle? Right. Yeah. So working, uh, I was also studying at the times so was in university, which university, uh, university of Ottawa. Yeah. Mm. I know. I know. Good times, Sorry, Carlton eh? kids. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Carlton, get out of here. It's all about <laughs> Sandy Hill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue, yeah. 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 So, I was kind of notorious for coming up with these random side hustles. So I was like, I was selling random stuff on like Facebook marketplace, trying to make some extra cash. So you get handbags. No, no. no were, you bro, the guy, were you the guy that went to Costco, bought shit on sale and put it on Facebook marketplace? I wish, I wish okay. I could say that. Honestly, <laughs> I would have been like, what a gangster. So what's funny is I moved out of this dorm situation second year and I moved in with my girl. Right. And at the time we were uh, living, you know, they're cheap or whatever, but we would find all of this random stuff that people would leave in the basement when they're moving in and out. It was like basically brand new stuff, but I would literally sell this stuff on Marketplace. I made like, I don't know, a few grand doing this. That's, over the course. Wow. That's a maximum shit. One man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> literally. Love it. Yeah, just, you know, fixed it up, whatever it was, cleaned it up and flipped it on Marketplace. Pure, obviously pure profit. So, I mean, I did that. And then I was like, damn, I mean, I started to look at money differently as well. Right. I was like, okay, well, you know, let's say they pay me a wage of, let's say $15 an hour. What can I do to replace that money that I would make on during a day's work? Right. I'm like, okay, well, I could do this. I could do that. I could sell things. Um, but then I realized that, well, I didn't have a lot of other money at the time to invest in a business. So I was like, okay, well, I think what I'll do is get into freelancing. So I got into content creation, basically. So I literally started with my cell phone. I would just go around to businesses and, uh, you know, for a few hundred bucks a month, I would do their content creation for their Instagram, social media. And um, yeah, so I started, I reached out to my barber, shout out to Mario Cuts. Uh, first barber, sponsored by Mario Cuts as well, this haircut. <laughs> so, yeah, he was- this is, Hold on, this is monetizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's finest. Shout out this to was Mario. not planned. This was not planned. That's but uh, hilarious, man. but uh, yeah, so you know, I just 
started basically hustling. I was going around to local businesses, pitching my services, that kind of thing. Got a bit better at marketing sales. Um, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't move on yet. The whole, I find, let's talk about the B2B here. Yeah. yeah how yeah. was it? How were, were you, did you have, were your nerves shot the first time you walked in through it? Absolutely, Let's talk bro. about that. A lot of people out there always talk about stuff like this, but they don't realize the balls and the nerves of steel you need to develop to go through it. So mm. let's talk about that. Well, that's the thing too. Is first like, time you walked in someone's door, who was it? First time? I, it would have been Mario Cuts actually. So I, I uh, my barbershop. So luckily, uh, you know, we had already known each other this very well. So this is something I'd recommend to the audience as well, like young entrepreneurs who are looking to stop working at Chipotle and start making a bit of money on the side at least is to go to people you already know, right? Go to your network, go to the people you have some connection with and who have businesses. And if you don't know anyone who has a business, then, you know, there's businesses you interact with all the time. So you can always do that. So what I did was, you know, I started with my barber cause I was tight with my barber. So, you know, I started with him. Did you feel and, nervous? Uh, at the time, no, because it was, what I did was, I noticed that there were all these signs around the university uh, of his competitor. So this is another little piece of sauce for the audience is like, if you can identify where their competition is trying to get an advantage on them, then you can position yourself in the middle as a point of leverage and come in and provide value to uh, whoever it is. Right. And that applies across business. But yeah. uh, what I did was like, Hey, you know, your, your competitors putting signs all over the uni. This was like, uh, you know, right before school was about to start. And I was like, listen, you know, I'll, uh, I'll put up these signs for you. I'll blow up your social media, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, he went for it. So he was my first client. Nice. And then from there, you know, I got some referrals, just grew it a bit, uh, you know, outsourced some of the editing, some freelancers. And that's kind of so where I was at. So you went in to blow up his social media. What are three immediate things you did to his Instagram? So one thing is that I focused on producing high quality content. That's of course very important. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Just focus on uh, leveling up your skill set as well as, as the freelancer, the entrepreneur, because the most important thing that you can do is invest in yourself and your own ability. hundred percent. Right. What are you recommending equipment for him to purchase and stuff like that? Well, I was more taking the approach that I wanted to, I, I cared about my client. That's what it started with. It was like, I just cared about the results that I was bringing him and the kind of content that I was creating for him. So again, I wasn't super skilled at the time. I was just, you know, kind of hustling, trying to make money. Um, but I developed the skill of, you know, let's say amateur videography, filming, editing, that sort of thing. And I got into that. And then I was understanding marketing better. Um, how did you, how did you better the content though? I'm actually interested in that question, Richard. Yeah. Asked. Well, I. So what was what was he doing currently at that time, and what did you do different for him? Yeah, absolutely. So he wasn't posting very much at all on his social media, so it was pretty easy to come in and, and prove that at least at a at a bare minimum. But it was really just a process of iteration, just getting better over time. So some specific things I did was improving the editing and looking at the analytics. Right. So okay, why did this hook work better than the last? Why is frameworks. it that the, this particular transition, let's say making the video in this way, that's particularly engaging. Why did that do so much better than the other videos we've made? Right. So it's always about just getting started doing the work. Right. And then throughout that process, you begin to develop uh, strategies that you can apply 
at a macro level to the content strategy. Is that part of your A-B testing? Is that what you're part of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we provide consulting to uh, their content strategy as well. So if they're looking to actually improve their content, because a lot of the time it comes down to the delivery. So it's not like they don't have the passion or they don't have necessarily the ability because it's not all that difficult to make content. Yeah. Um, It's really just comes down to, okay, let's say taking a script, going through it, and then working on the delivery with them one-on-one, right? So if you just read, you know, uh, Jerry Springer uh, or uh, Seinfeld is a better example. Seinfeld, I like Seinfeld, Jerry Springer. Jerry Jerry Springer is not so scripted. Jerry died. Jerry died. What? uh, Jerry died, bro. Jerry died? He died. Uh, He died with cancer. No, no, no. no. I found that out a week ago. I was a little upset. (laughs) Shawnee boy, can you confirm this, please? Jerry died. No, he's way. dead. You know my buddy was on Jerry no. Springer. No, Actually, you know what? Move on from that. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Let's interview. Let's interview him for a minute. I swear to God, one of these days I'm gonna come out with some crazy stories. I'm. It's gonna fucking blow people's mind. <laughs> I got a very interesting history. You know all about it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well I aware. I'm waiting for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll tell fucking yo, blow this shit up, guys, the, and I'll tell you that. The right things now. he knows, crazy. it's unbelievable. make you go why. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Shout out to Rafi. That's for sure, bro. You know, it's all I can <laughs> say for now. Embarrassed the shit out of the guy. I love it. Oh, uh, nobody knows who he is. I don't say it last time, so he's no. safe. You know. <laughs> Is that true? Did he actually pass? He died April 29th. Fuck, it's oh. been a while. What do you mean he found out? Yes, I found out a week ago, man. I was a little Fuck. upset. Wow. Him and the I'm queen. The, I'm in the Matrix at this point, bro. Him Pop and G's the queen. Hate me, you know? Good night. Let should've me ask been a, you. Should have been a front pager right there. I should have. It probably <laughs> was. Springer, bro. Yeah. You know what? I'll be Legend. very honest with you, man. I don't even watch nothing. I watch nothing. You know what? I find the fucking news is so useless half the time. Nobody. Or all it does is just drive people into negativity and fear mongering. Come on. Like people are start talking about COVID and COVID. Listen, I'm not going to be able to change the world, bro. Let me at least better my environment right now. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm looking at. I ain't putting nothing on, bro. You know? That's what's fucking cancel me. Don't cancel me. I ain't putting on no mask. Just I'm, the, just I'm the, fucking <laughs> staying home. I'm smoking my, I'm smoking my stogies. You know right. what I mean? Leave me the fuck alone, bro. You know? <laughs> That's all chilling in my studio. I'm doing my thing. It's not bad though, eh? No, that's that's how you got to do it, bro. No, he did a good job. He did. I was trying to ventilate this place so I could smoke stogies. (laughs) I'm still waiting on the fucking approval on that, man. Yeah, that was my thing, bro. I'm such a I'm such an addict to this stuff. It's unbelievable, bro. My lungs are like a 90 year old lung smoking (laughs) on the back of like a fucking OC transpo exhaust bus, bro. You know what I mean? I smoke three heads a night, bro. For what? For hookahs. Seriously? And then I smoke at least maybe a couple cigars a day. I can't do that. What an expensive I get a, I get a headache. <laughs> you know, shout out to Mario Cuts. You know, if it wasn't for yeah. him, I wouldn't be having all this. Right. <laughs> so let me ask you this, you know, let's bring it home here. Especially when it comes down to that question. What's a couple advice that you would give to somebody off the bat that make better content and at least to be able to push their channel or whatever they're trying to do more? Absolutely. You know, I'd say the best strategy you can implement is to start to to start is to not make your content come across like an ad. Right. Think about Mm. the biggest companies in the world. How do they do their advertising? Well, they have an elaborate affiliate system, which is also really important as well. Because think about what is the power of affiliate marketing? Right. It is the ability to use other people's audiences that are already warm, let's say, through influencers to and why are influencers so 
successful in that field? Well, it's because they already have rapport with the audience, right? And the audience trusts them. So that means that when the content is not coming across like an ad, it resonates a lot more with the audience. It's relatable. Right? Like, it's relatable. relatable. It's um, like you're watching a it's value additive. It's funny, right? It could be controversial to, to gain virality that way as well. Uh, it really just comes down to those kind of different tactics, whatever your strategy is particularly. If it's to grow, you want to focus more on controversial content, right? Um, and, you know, there's various ways to do that. And then if you're looking to, let's say, monetize, that would be a different approach. So if you're looking to monetize, you want to add a lot of value to your audience so that there you build a lot of a goodwill you get to a point where they feel indebted to you in some sense, right? Build that reciprocal relationship with your audience. Um, you know, if you're looking to introduce new monetization systems uh, on the back end, uh, you know, this is a process that involves a lot of testing, which is what we do, right? So you want to obviously test copy, test the offer, test landing pages, just one, but make one change at a time, right? It's, it's an iterative process going to take time to really master it and the goal should not be to have a hundred percent increase you know in 30 days it should be like you see on social be media super blessed if you did right well yeah Not with the reality of it one, one in a million yeah oh, yeah. Sure. yeah well it's it's a hundred little things that you have to dial in to make it so that it will on the long run convert much better but you right? also work with uh conversion rate optimization right. And just for people that don't know what that is, it could be as simple as switching the color of your add to cart button on your store. <laughs> I'm not. I am. But, <laughs> but I, I'm really interested in what he's saying because I'm, I'm, I'm going through it. Mm. And, I, and, and I'm learning what you're, what, exactly what you're yeah. saying. Is, you know, you put up an ad and, you know, I always say scared money makes no money. Right? So you put up an ad and it's 40 bucks or whatever. And yep. you're like, I burned the 40 bucks. Oh my God, I'm at $20. I got to stop everything. Yeah. To your point, yeah. it brings, you know, everything. You got to let it, let the data come through for people in your field to make the proper decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I'm very, I'm very big on coaches to be there. You know? Yeah. You're really getting into that lately. You know what? It really makes a big difference. When you change up your environment, man, this is, you know what? One thing I really liked about, you kind of you learned this years ago. It's crazy how sometimes you you learn shit from so long ago, but you only learn to apply it in your present. But you learned it so far back in your past, or it makes sense now. You know what I mean? Or yeah. So the thing for one of the biggest things for me is always audit your friends. You know, and it wasn't about success, by the way. It was mainly quality of life mindset. Mm. You know, so as an example, out the one like there's one. I'll never keep one guy around, a desperate man. I'll never keep a desperate man around. Because he'll sell you for a buck, right? But a guy that's an up-and-comer, everyone talks about this bullshit about, oh, you only got to be around millionaires and fucking zillionaires. Stop that. Stop that garbage. Stop that garbage. What about the guy that's hustling, trying to get up? What about the guy that's actually working right now for me, my producer? What about him? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Doing a yeah. fantastic job. Shout out to Shawnee boy. You know what Absolutely. I mean? What about giving props to that guy, you know? And having good friends around that's already, you know, even if they're employees, everyone thinks about, oh, I only got to be around entrepreneur. But to be honest, the people that have the most, a lot of keys to the doors are the ones that are working for somebody anyways. Absolutely. Right? Definitely so true. everybody has this mindset nowadays that it's, it's funny because I had a guy the other day who asked me, he's like, uh, 
are you a millionaire? I said, why are you asking me such a stupid fucking question? You know? Yeah. He's like, oh, I can, he's like, I only befriend millionaires. Get the fuck out of my face, bro. What are you talking about? You don't have to know what I, bro, the bank account is in here and who I am, bro. Don't worry about what's actually in my bank. You know, it's none of your fucking concern, you know? Absolutely. That's the way I looked at it. But to relate it back to what I was saying about coaches and stuff like that, a lot of people I find either are too scared. There's one thing about going and doing the DIY shit, right? And let's be honest, when you hired that coach and you went from zero to hero in Shopify, how much of a fucking difference did it really make oh my God. from yeah. watching the free courses and actually paying a fucking coach to be there with you? And then like you said, right, knowing the, knowing the proper people that are authentic, so I, I, I have a lot of respect for what you do because I'm, I'm, I'm going through it and you knowing what you're doing can make you a lot of money and being authentic and, and, and real about it. Yeah. Everybody claims to be a coach today. Yeah. Everybody. What do, you, what do you have to back it up? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Bro. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It has to be a lot of people are not proven. Mm. Even, like as an example, you know what? Like as, if right now, let's just say, okay. If you were to do a promo video. And you're you're oh big podcaster and stuff like that, and then you'd go and show the house in Manatic, and then you go show my Denali and all the other stuff that I have, and you'd be like, yo, this guy's doing it, it's successful. But it could be a whole lot of bullshit nowadays because a lot of people, what do they do? No, well, they rent. I, I never even knew it was nuts when I found this out. You can literally go and rent like time to go and take pictures on a jet and shit. Oh, 100 percent. Make it look like I did all this stuff. I was like, you a groundhog in the fucking ground, bro. Hundred percent, man. What? The best conversations I had. Was a fucking shisha hose on my mouth in my basement. Okay, I just want to say this. If you really think that he didn't know, I don't know. That's you know, buddy, you know everything. Fuck, Why you got to expose me this quick, bro? This early on in the fucking podcast. I'm you know? interested in one thing. I want to know. So I want to know, what is your goal in five years? Where do you see your company being in the next five years? Talk to us, Nikki Glasses. Yes, sir. So... I would love to scale it to a point where I'm comfortable. To be honest, I'm not one of those guys that wants to build a, the next Amazon. It's not my style. I would rather have a lean online business that runs efficiently with a small team of winners, of killers that I pick and that I properly vet and work with individuals that I really believe in that I want to be. It's almost like you become a shareholder in their success, right? When you're able to work with them on a, such a personal individual level so you want to bring quality to the table absolutely and i want to be able to buy in the process of working with these select individuals i want to be able to invest in them right because i don't need the whole pie to myself i would rather invest in the people that i believe have the ability to get to the next level and to believe in themselves and just take it from there bro honestly like That's i want it. to you know, keep the team relatively small, but just keep improving the product because ultimately, well, yeah. You know what? This is the difference. People don't realize that the generation, you said you're 22, this, this generation coming up is not greedy. And that's honestly, they're not, they're not greedy. And it's important to know because like when you're talking about, you know, organically growing your following, you know what I mean? Like a giving good value the generation that's coming up on YouTube, content creators or influencers, they're not greedy. They want to give good value. Kudos to you, man. 
Because, yeah. uh, you know, like in my generation, honestly, like, or well, my generation is dealing with the older generation that's it's running our businesses. It's all about the dollars, man. It's yeah. all about KPIs. What's at the bottom line? What's the bottom line? You know? Yeah. And you're like, it's not, a, where's the work-life balance? Where's the, where's the authentic, authenticity? Right. Speaking three languages, I can fuck that, that up. You really know why I find that's a very difficult thing? This is work-life balance, finding that. Mm. You know, but I say in the end of the day, if you you truly enjoy what you do, keep doing it. You know, I was, like I was, I'm not monetized here at all right now. You know, I I personally just I purely enjoy absolutely. doing a podcast, getting to know people, picking their brains, whether I know the answer or don't know the answer. You know what I mean? I want to be able to at least if you have a great thing to say, I want people to hear it. That's why I'm asking. You know, what was the when he asked you the first three things are you able to provide for our buddy Mario? You know what I mean? Yeah. What was it that you did? Better content, consistency. Talk about that, right? Yep. Like as an example, I'm very big uh, on um, one of the biggest things I tell my clients. It's funny enough because I have a marketing agency called Monarchy Consulting. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Nice. No, it's, yeah, it's okay. So I, I don't. I'm not here to promote myself. I want to hear about you guys. But one of the biggest things for me is, is something as simple as a friggin' Rode Wireless Go mic. Have a better mic so when you're actually talking to the video, it sounds a lot better because audio is a much more Absolutely. It's much more captivating than the actual video, right? So yeah, that's why I love these kind of questions because it's just informative to these people, you know. And yeah. it's funny because the attention span has become this big because of TikTok. It's so. nuts. It, everyone's like a squirrel, even so, me. So you know, right? You know that like yeah. it takes two seconds. You got to get them like oh yeah, two seconds or they're done. So it's interesting because I'm actually reading a book about telling your brand. Your uh, it's called a story brand, like how to tell your story brand. Uh, or a brand story, whatever, fuck. But point is... That's the worst promo. Uh, shut up, okay, yes. At least I've got I it on my phone. I don't even monetize that Can shit. I look at it? Garbage. Can I look at it on my phone? Because <laughs> I really want to say the right book. It's a really good book, and I really suggest that... At this point, that, nobody oh, agrees, you know what I mean? Just go, uh, go listen to Natural English. On, on Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Donald Miller? Yeah, I don't know who the hell that guy is. Springer's cousin. But, <laughs> but he talks about frameworks, you know, talks about hold rates, Talks about hook rates, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much time and effort it takes to put good quality content out there. But a lot of people are good on camera. Like you're, you're really good on camera. You know, you've got good chemistry, you know what to say, you know how to pivot, you know how to blah, but there's a difference between a content creator and an editor. Mm. Huge. Two big, two big things. Like one Absolutely. of my biggest problems is like, let's say you take a lot of photos, videos of your day to day. Doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. I don't, it's, I, that's the biggest challenge I'm having. Like, you know, they say, go videotape your workout. I'm so into the pump. I don't realize. Okay. Let's just it. not lie to each other. Okay. You've been paying the gym, <laughs> but not necessarily going. So I'd like to, I, I think an interesting thing for the viewers would be to get to know you as a person. Now let's put your, let's yeah. put your business aside, like hit us with a hobby or two, I guess. Like, you know, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So to tie back to your uh, your original point as well, like about work life balance, because it's very like it's a kind of a controversial topic. It's either like you're one of those five a.m. grind bros, or you have to be like trying, bro. You know, a complete like wagey loser, right? So I'm like, bro, I'm all about life and living the the human experience. Like, I don't think that that can be experienced just by sitting in a cubicle working sixteen hours a day, personally. Right. And that depends on the kind of person you yeah, are to each their own, I guess. Right. Literally. And also like over a lifetime, if you think about it, think about it in terms of data. Right. So let's say you have data from only a day 
of the podcast. Let's look, let's think about the views, right? So the views might fluctuate. It'll go, it'll seem very extreme, right? There'll be ups and downs. But if you spread it over 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you'll see that your life or your podcast is still has gradually grown because you've put put work into improving the product, right? And I look at life the same way. It's like you can't be looking on a day-to-day time frame for what you want to achieve because you're going to it's going to come across as way too inconsistent, way too volatile. Volatile, exactly. So I look at setting up my life in the same way. It's like, I want to live a life of balance, to be honest. But I understand that 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 requires imbalance, periods of imbalance as well, right? So where you have to go all in on your business and you you don't see your friends as much, you don't enjoy your hobbies as much, you don't spend as much time doing other things outside of work because life on a long enough time frame will balance out in the end if that's what you truly want but you have to make sacrifices at different stages of your life in order to get there, right? So in terms of my personal hobbies now, I don't have a lot, to be honest. I really just... Focused on your business. They don't, don't be anything but honest. Yeah, yeah, I just... I make content, I make videos. Um, I... But you know what? If you enjoy it, yeah. is it work? Right, that's the thing, too. You know what I mean? And I would say also that there's a lot of ways of making money, and... I think that the way you make the money is much more important than the amount of money you make, right? Kind of like what you said earlier about whether so you're a millionaire or not, right? But it's like, if you can be a millionaire, but if you're working 18 hours a day and your life is shit, really, because all you do is, you know, work yourself into the ground, your health is in poor condition, you don't have good relationships with people, um, you know, you don't have any time to do anything else with your life. And you could say, okay, well, if you like, all you do is work and that's what you like to do. That's fine. But like there are other trade-offs with that as well. You know, like you're depleting your health, you're depleting your relationships, you're depleting your ability to have the time in order to level up as well in terms of your, your knowledge, um, spiritual journey of life. Right. I agree with that. You know what? I agree with parts of that. Cause in the end of the day, like I work, everyone, I don't even, I don't want to call it work as per se. I enjoy what I do and I do it every goddamn day. I enjoy being a dad. People can say that, that that's called being work. Being here in the office, being here in the studio, being on the road, they can call that work, but I actually enjoy doing it every day. Going to seeing my clients and going to these meetings or whatever, it can sound like work, but I actually enjoy meeting different people, having great conversations. And you know what? I've actually made a lot of good friends, you know, just in the business that I'm in now. You know what I mean? Meeting people at the dinner table. I wanted to, I wanted to create this segment called Kitchen Table Talks. Because a lot of the stuff pre-COVID was done at the kitchen table, you know, instead of Zoom calls. And it was yeah. very nice. You get to interact with people on a daily basis when you get home, you know. People say taking work home. As an example, I do research. Yeah. Or I look into different things and strategize on how to be better. But, you know, so I like what you just said, man, because one of my biggest things is you can never find the same person twice, even in the same person, you know, mm. called leveling up. Yeah, I like that. Repeat yeah, that absolutely. for me one more time. You uh, can't find the same person twice. You can never twice. find the same person twice, even in the same person. Mashallah. My Richie Rich. Phil- philanthropist. Yeah, you know uh, I'm saying, you know. Well, let me ask you this. I'm actually curious because I've seen that. Uh, first of all, he has a pod, eh? Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, know. Oh, you've done some digging. Eh? I've done some digging, bro. Come all on, right. man. You know, I'm like CIA. <laughs> and, it's, and you also have you have natural English with Nick. When did you come yeah. up with that? Yeah, yeah. So like, where did this whole these were one of my one of my many side hustles back when I was still working at Chipotle? You know, 
uh, doing various things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to start a podcast kind of like this. I found it interesting. My interests personally have shifted a lot in the last couple of years. So as they should. Um, yeah, 100 percent. So, you know, I've been in periods of my life where I've kind of been all over the place. Uh, but now I finally feel like I have some direction. So that's nice. But what I used to do, yeah, was I uh, actually I speak many languages. So I used to teach languages uh, online um, and I uh, started a English podcast for, for second language English speakers uh, a while back. And uh, yeah, I was going at that for a while. And then just my interest gravitated over time. I was more interested in business, entrepreneurship, that kind of thing. So I kind of had to reshape my audience and my approach to uh, what you do today. Online, that was that one of your first monetizations? So with that podcast, no, I, I didn't stick at it very long. Um, maybe maybe a year or so uh, on and off. But uh, to be honest, it, Come on, I, Nick. We need consistency, brother. Absolutely. No, 100% right. But at the time, uh, it was more of a side hustle. You know, I was in school and, you know, I was more interested. At the time, I wasn't really interested in money. I was just interested in, in uh, it's all part of your journey. working with people, right? It's all part of the journey. Well, hold on. You said, you said you speak a bunch of languages? Yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued. Wait, you one went, second. Take out of it? Yeah. It's fake. It's fake. Fuck, man. It's fake. It's fake. No, we can't even no, we can't even, no, we can't even be like, cut. And then and then out. <laughs> I still love that light, though. I love day, it, though. man. And then and out. Oh, my God. That emotional. <laughs> Unbelievable. What languages do you speak? Yeah. Fuck me, man. Okay, he can have a full conversation. And he's whiter than the snow outside. That would throw me off. That would throw me right off, man. The guy where you're sitting in live, Shift Hadik and Abiyad, and then out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, Abiyad, give Habib. What the fuck? You know what? I picture him selling a car and two Arabs talking to each other. Watch, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And he'd be like, get mean. You're going to get Right now, <laughs> it's funny that actually happened to me before because they thought I was Italian because I was going by Frankie, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And literally, they kept trying to tell me about these, they were talking to each other about numbers and what they're trying to jam me on, you know what I mean? And I never told them I spoke Arabic even after I delivered the vehicle. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm getting my commission, I'm going home, baby. I'm going like this. <laughs> what other languages do you speak? Yeah, so uh, French, English, uh, English is my first language, uh, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, yeah. Yeah, but hold on. What's so, what's fluent, by the way? Yeah, so most fluent ones definitely would be French is my second language. My third language actually Italian. I don't know why. I just learned it, and then I learned it to a pretty good level. Uh, Spanish I studied, so this would also maybe be useful for the audience. I never studied business, uh, so in university I didn't take business. I actually took international relations. So I took politics essentially. The more I learned about politics, the more I was like. Fuck this. I don't want to be in politics. Come I'm on. Like, you don't want to run for fucking 2024? Hell no, bro. Okay, man. 25, wow. bro. 25. I'm leaving Lost all one faith. of the states. Me too. Lost all faith <laughs> in the uh, political system. So I'm like, I'm out. I want to get into business. So that's all. It was also part of the journey as well. Um, but yeah, so I, in my, it's part of my program. I have to take second language and a third language as well. So I took French as the second language I had to take. And then third was Spanish. So I took Spanish as well. Um, and then the other ones I just learned on my own. But, uh, you ever been yeah. to Italy? I have, yeah. Did you? Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. I went uh, a few years ago with my family. How was the food? It was good. I honestly wasn't as good as I was expecting. I hear that I mean, all the, the time. I mean, the expectations are really fucking high. Va, you know? fun, cool. So, I hear that all the time. 
That's crazy. That's the first time I've ever. My wife that. went to Italy and she said the pizza there is garbage. No offense to all Italian people. I didn't try it. So I can't, can't be mad. You get this podcast. Yeah, like the margarita pizzas and shit like that. I don't know. She said the pizza was garbage. You know what, man? Anybody watching, I'll tell you right now, my favorite fucking pizza joint. I don't give a fuck what anybody Here says. Comes or their mothers. In. Are you monetizing this? Go ahead. Not even actually. <laughs> Not even. Georgie's Pizza on Carling. I don't care what anybody tells me. Right. Georgie's Pizza on Carling takes a fucking giant deuce on anyone else's pizza. I don't care. What <laughs> I don't want to hear, oh, I'm a Willie's guy, whatever. Great. The great pizzas. But fucking Georgie's, there's something. Bro, he has a chemistry to it. It's unbelievable. Georgie, we <laughs> need a promo. You hear this? Yeah, like crazy part, I'm telling you. Grabbing no the cheese? Bro, I haven't spoken <laughs> to this man in forever, but I'm just saying, like, I swear to God. This guy makes the sauce in his fucking kitchen, bro, and brings it. Okay, I'm going to throw this at no Nick way. first. It's not supreme. I'm going to throw this at Nick first, and I'll get back to you. Rod. Where's the last place you ordered a pizza from? Go. Fuck, I'm going to Domino's Pizza Pizza. <laughs> I, I have to say. Have the to last say place. I, I, I can't hate I have on to apologize Domino's, for man. this. Huh? Sorry, Georgie. <laughs> You know yeah. what, man? I throw Mario under the bus. I'm such a bitch. One, I throw all of you under the bus. I'm fucking throwing Mario under the bus. You know what? Let me ask you this. If you can give something to somebody for them to take home with them, whether it's life, quality, anything, what's like a tenant you follow in life? Mm. I hit you with a curveball. Good one. Very good one. I think that you have to invest in yourself first. I think that's the most important thing that you have to live by because everything else is an outgrowth of yourself, right? Whether it's your skill set, whether it's your mentality, whether it's your physicality, whatever you're working on at the time, it is all your success will always be capped by the level at which you are at personally, right? So you have to invest in yourself, whatever that means for you. I mean, education, I think, is the most important thing because information is power, right? And the majority of opportunities in the world come from identifying gaps in information between people, right? So for example, if you know how to create a podcast that's an absolute banger like this one here, then you know how to attract the best guests in order, and you have an advantage in the marketplace because you're able to do that, right? So I think it comes down to being in the persistent pursuit of knowledge that will ultimately always lead to you being able to identify the best opportunities, make the best decisions for yourself or whoever you're working for, your family, and set yourself up to achieve your goals. I like that, man, because one of the biggest things that uh, you learn later on in life is your mortality, mm, right? Yeah. Is your mortality. Absolutely. And how about I tell you, I always thought I was invincible. I still think I'm somewhat a little bit invincible, but. Why, why am I how, not surprised? How about I tell you, you know what's crazy? <laughs> the biggest thing now for me is health. Yeah. The biggest thing for me now is health, man, because how about I tell you? So I used to be fucking insanely jacked me too. back in the days. Me too. <laughs> I used to be insanely fucking in shape back in the days. And then I got into a car accident in 2015. And uh, I won't lie to you. It was a, bro, I lied about the story. I tried to fucking become a pathological liar because I was trying to get an insurance check. But he didn't cut me fucking zilch. You know what I mean? I didn't get a fucking penny. Man, I thought I was going to come out a million bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? Just got I'll my neck, it, my back, my neck, no, and my back. No, but I was back. actually I was broken, bro. How about I tell you, I told them my uh, drunk driver cut me off. Anyways, I don't want to fucking Holy snitch myself off too much. But Anyways, I rear end this dump truck. I was going about 120, bro. And I was working, uh, I was working taxi, to be honest. I was helping my dad. 
My dad had a taxi play for I a while. That, yeah, and yeah. then the guy that was working with my father, God bless him, I love that man. His brothers bought a taxi plate. So he went to go work on that, which makes sense. My dad's a bro. My dad's touching 70, you know? Yeah. My dad is the king God of all bless. kings, by the way. So I back and listen. If he's anything like you, Fuck, my you got to get your personality from dad. somewhere. I can't touch my dad's <laughs> shoes, bro. What are you uh, talking anyway. about? <laughs> so the crazy part is, is I was getting off on Bronson exit. I was trying to get the fuck out of here, but it was a construction zone. And it was busy, bro. And I was trying to make my mom's meds money. My mom, God bless her. She's been sick most of her life, you know? So anyways, I'm trying to bolt it back to the airport because that's what we were doing, airport taxi. That was before fucking Blue Line kicked us out. Anyways, I'm like, yo, there's no way I'm staying in this traffic. It's that busy, bro. That's like a $50, $60 fare. I need to make a thousand bucks in the next like day yeah, so I could pay for the meds. So I said, fuck, I'm going to take a chance. I said, fuck it. I'm going in this construction zone. There was nobody there, bro. That was the crazy part. There was nobody you, there. You Hold on. You drove through the construction, construction zone. zone. I didn't give a fuck, my brother. Pylon, no pylon. It was coming over the car. I didn't care. There were one of those signs that says, like, the fine will double if you go through construction. Bro, the fine didn't double. It quadrupled, bro. I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, yo, I'm going. I'm you were hitting shit. combos. You know when you're, driving, when you're playing the games and you're just like, times four, oh, times Molly. six. I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, I got to keep going, bro. This is my younger days. You know I was a nutbag back in the days. So anyways, I keep going. I didn't give a fuck. So next, I don't know where, bro, my luck. The wall ended and there was a dump truck that just appeared out of fucking nowhere, bro. No way. And I just tried to cut in, but I was kind of like, you know, it's gravel road. So I was kind of swerving. I had no chance, bro. Bang. Fucking the back of the dump wow. truck. Anyways, I was out cold, bro. Like I wasn't knocked out or anything like that. But I remember the cop, there was crazy. A cop was coming up on the on-ramp from Kent Street. I was trying to get off at Bronson. I had, like, right there is where I crashed. And a cop saw the whole thing. OPS guy, bro. Shout out to that dude. Solid. <laughs> the fucking car's on fire. It's crushed into me. I'm fucking dazed, bro. I felt like Mike Tyson jumped out of the steering wheel, eh? I Just bet. Just smoked me right in the face, bro. So I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I'm like, yo, Iron Mike is here, you know? Cop is trying to yank on the door, and the car's on fire. And he's freaking out. Like, ready, the paramedics, and everybody's on the way, right? So we didn't know how to get the door open, and I'm getting hot in fucking here. By the way, when an airbag goes off on you, it burns because of that gas, eh? So I'm already on fire. It's getting fucking hot in here, bro, and I have, like, I'm, I'm like, an adrenaline rush times 9,000. Of course, yeah. So we're Shit. kicking open the door because the thing is, is when it, it crushed inwards, it jammed the entire door together, right? So I finally kicked off the door. We ran on the other side of the highway, and he's like, holy fuck, man, you all right, you all right? I said, I looked at the car, I said, Fuck, man, I just cleaned it too, bro. You know what I mean? I just spent like four hours detailing this car, you know? So anyways, the thing is on fucking fire, bro. The guy's like, were you wearing your seatbelt? I said, are you nuts? Why would I, why would I be wearing the seatbelt? Because I was a taxi driver. Taxi drivers normally are not allowed to wear the seatbelt. Or you cannot, you can choose not to wear it if you have a passenger. Really? In case the guy gets slick and tries to stab you or do whatever, oh, they can ex easily exit the vehicle, right? I said, no. He's like, you're wearing your seatbelt, right? I looked at him like, yeah. He's like, OPP's coming, bro. I'm not the one that's booking you. You know what I mean? It's going to be dealing with OPP. Anyways, I got processed. The paramedics are coming. They're like, yo, we want to test you. I said, bro, leave me the fuck alone. My dad just changed the transmission. Just changed the fucking shocks and shit. Yo, he's going to fuck me up, bro. You already know how Arab dads are, right? You did I'm shook. 
Yusuf, you did shoe. What did you do, bro? Bro, my, I'm scared shitless, bro. I don't, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm fucking treading on the. My life is hanging in the balance, yeah. and all I can think of is the beating my dad's gonna give me when I get home. I'm like, fuck me, bro. I'm already fucked up. I'm gonna catch it twice, you know. So, anyways, I call my cousin. I'm stressed. I call my cousin. They're like, go to the hospital. I said, fuck you. <laughs> Internal Sir, bleeding, concussion. I'm telling you, yo, go to the hospital. Please look at the vehicle. I said, bro, leave me alone. I'm too stressed right now. Fuck off. I call my cousin SB. Hey, fuck, I miss this guy. I'm like, yo, Subh, he's like, yeah, man, what happened? I'm like, bro, I just got into a car accident. He's like, bro, I just finished surgery. I'm high as fuck. I said, bro, I need a ride. What are you talking about? If the par- isn't the paramedics there? I said, fuck the paramedics. Come give me a ride, bro. So anyways, he's like, where are you? I tell him where I am. He pulls up. He's like, bro, go to the hospital, man. Look at you. I said, bro, I need to smoke a fucking argili right now, bro. I need a shisha right now. <laughs> are you kidding me? Go to the fucking hospital. Fuck you, man. Take me to the shisha place, bro. Out of nowhere, all I remember waking up and my dad's rubbing my face. Because, bro, he said he saw the car, man. All I feel is this piece of sandpaper just rubbing my face. I'm like, that's my dad's hands. My dad's hands are rough. Rough. It's like diamond tipped, bro. He can shave a fucking rock, bro. <laughs> Anyways, he starts crying. I'm like, fuck me, bro. He saw the car. I'm like, dad, I'm sorry. He's like, what do you mean? I thought you died. I'm like, I wish I did, bro. I don't want to fucking get up. Anyways. <laughs> oh, okay, Annie, you feel fine? Give so me one second. This whole story. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to cut the story short now. The whole point of the story was I wasn't, bro, how about I tell you, I wasn't able to feel the, the minnow SS Johnson for like three, four months. Really? The, like mi- the minnow what? The minnow SS Johnson, bro. Come on, you never watch Rush Hour, bro? It's the yacht, the <laughs> Holy boat. shit, man. Come on, Lee. No? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Come I just, on, Jesus. <laughs> so that's why I couldn't, that was terrible, man. And then it's, finally it's, when I was able to stand, bro, I couldn't stand up for more than two and a half minutes for a solid year and a bit. I couldn't stand for more than two and a half minutes. So then, you know what? One of the biggest things when you brought that up, I don't know why the fuck I went on that tangent. But All good, man. I brought it's up, a good story. For me, it was health. I can finally now go back to the gym. And I just finally started going back to the gym. So that's good. For me, you know, that's I agree insane, with you, man. man. Anybody and everybody should, number one, should be the health. You know? Health, work on yourself. You know, I like, I like what you said, you know, like education. I watched this TikTok the other day and the guy was saying, um, you want to be attractive to the market. Mm. Uh, sorry, you want to get paid well. You got to be attractive to the market. How do you become attractive to the market? By educating yourself. Be qualified more than the guy sitting next to you. And that's how you become more attractive. That's how you're going to attract yeah. a higher salary. That's how you're going to attract a bigger pay, you know, a bigger Absolutely. position. So, uh, so that's why I started reading. I call it reading books, but it's hearing books. Well, you do the audible? Oh, buddy, I have ADD to the max. Can you see me? I've changed. First of all, I didn't come here with my Napoleon Dynamite look today. Okay. You should have. You should have. I, I really, and I feel like, I get what Kevin Hart's saying when he can't touch the ground. I really do. That's I really get it now. And you know, it's funny. I bought these low couches for a reason. You know what I mean? I guess guys like me and Nick, I know sometimes it gets a little flaky, these tables, just like his look, you know? But, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Bro, I'm the exact same way too. Like audio, audio is like bliss, but I can't like sit down and read. Nope. Read page by page. No, man. My brain works way too fast for that. You know what? I'm about to tell you one of the best book recommendations I ever got. As I, do you remember ACN? You guys ever anybody? I used to be part of it when Donald Trump was the speaker. Oh right? really? Yeah. So Donald Trump was the official spokesperson. By the way, Donald Trump is gangster shit, bro. When I met him backstage, <laughs> you met him? Yeah, man. So 
I don't want to go on another tangent story. My stories are like hours long. Well, I want to hear your story. That's what I'm saying. I can literally write, bro, people tell me write a book. <laughs> but let's say, so there was an event. Anyways, cut a long story short. I knew this guy. I knew that guy. Get us in here. Go over there. Don, thank you very much. And Donald Trump is sitting right there. So anyways, I'm sitting with him. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to pick his brain, bro. You know, the guy's been doing it for X amount of years. Let me pick his brain. So we started having a chat. Donald Trump is a cool fucking person, man. Cool guy, man. We had a great conversation. In the end, he looks at me. He's like, listen, kid, the only difference between me and you is I think bigger than you. And then he recommended me a book. It was called The Magic of Thinking Big by David G. Schwartz. Go read that book. I'm telling you, fucking game changer, man. Game changer. Um, the Magic of Big Thinking? Running out of time. Nick, man, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking grateful that you sent me. <laughs> My pleasure, brother. Mario, if you're watching, man, he did it for you, brother. <laughs> So if you guys like what you saw today, please smash that thumbs up button, like, and subscribe. <clears throat> Richie Rich and my boy Nick. Thank you Thank very you much. Until next time, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs>